1: That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again.
0: You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host Heather Kelly.
0: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about when do you know it's time for your parents to be put into one of the homes. Joining me today is Chris arrestus He is president of RetirementGenius.com. Welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Heather, thank you so much for having me and. Look forward to having this very important conversation.
0: It is. I do make light of it sometimes, but only because I feel humor can be a way into a very tough conversation. And one of those conversations is, you know... The parents are getting a little too old. It may be mental incapacities. They could be physically not able to get around their homes on their own anymore. But what are a few signs that we as children need to look out for for our elderly parents when it's when we know that they can't live on their own anymore?
1: Right, you know and and families, particularly over the last couple of years, have been distant. Many seniors in particular. Uh, have been forced to live in more isolation than they ever had before. And what we've seen is now as we're starting to come out uh, on the other side of, of this COVID-related journey, people were getting together back during the holidays and families start seeing each other again after some months of of having not been together. They start to maybe see things that they hadn't seen before. And, and there's three areas that I encourage people to look for when you get back together with a loved one and, and you're, you're seeing things uh, or, or you're wondering what you might be looking for, start out by looking for signs of physical deterioration. And, and that's going to look like somebody may have lost a lot of weight since the last time you saw them, or, or they're more shaky now. They're, they're having a hard time getting up, moving around with balance. You might even see physical signs of injury. They may have fallen. They may, you'll see bruises. And and, and if you start to see those physical signs, serious changes from the last time you saw them, those are some early warning signs that there could be some trouble. There's also, as you're looking for physical signs of deterioration, also be looking for mental signs of deterioration. You'll you'll see things like a loss of memory or a loss of... connecting names and dates and locations. And, you know, we've all had the experience either where we've walked into a room and we're like, wait a minute, what, what was it I came in here to get? What yeah. was that? But that's different than walking to a, into a room and not knowing where you are or not knowing who your family members around you are. Right. That's a big difference. So don't blow off those mental clues. If you see real deterioration in there, that's not just a senior moment. That could be a sign of onset of Alzheimer's and, and other forms of cognitive decline. Then also look for environmental signs of deterioration. Look around the house. Is Did it used to be really well kept, but now it's messy? Are things out of place? Does 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 your loved one's physical appearance all of a sudden, be, has it become slovenly and mismatched clothes? Um, you want to look for physical, I mean, environmental signs as well as the physical and the mental, these are all clues that are going to be given off because typically your loved one's not going to say to you, hey, I think I'm starting to deteriorate and might we might need to start talking about a nursing home. It's really going to take some detective work for you and your siblings, your your, your peers in the family to start spotting these signs and then think to yourself, is there something going on here we need to start talking about?
0: my parents have been physically deteriorating over the last couple of years, mostly issues with walking. They did finally install a railing on their stairs. They have kind of a split level home. And so you have like four stairs going up and four stairs going down and it never had a railing. Right. So they finally did do that. And it sounds like they're doing better, but the fact that they actually decided to install the railing is that Oh, I'm okay for a while. I don't need to worry about it now. Or do we go, eh, you still really shouldn't be in the house even with a handrail?
1: Well, you know, modifications to the home are helpful and in aren't necessarily a straight ticket to we put in a railing, we better start going to look at nursing homes. (laughs) But it is a warning sign that says we need to start monitoring this situation. And the one thing about decline is it starts to become rapid. When it starts it kind of goes in one direction. It's very rare that any of these forms of deterioration are, are, are something that's going to turn around and start getting better. It kind of keeps going in that direction once it starts. So the rails are in, that's good news. That that provides a little bit more safety that might buy a little bit more time. But the point now is to use that time well. And if you have siblings uh, you have in-laws across your siblings There are other influencers in the family that might need to be part of this discussion. Now's the time to start having it, because that's the next step. One thing is spotting those clues. But the next thing is, now, what are you going to do about it? And it starts from there with the family has to get on the same page, because what you don't want to do is is all of a sudden start shooting from the hip as just one a member of the family, and others don't agree, they're not seeing it, and it deteriorates into arguments, and, and people break off into separate camps. A you know, couple think that there there is a problem, a couple think that there isn't, and that's just going to make matters worse. You've got to get everybody on the same page first. So it starts with the siblings, the in-laws, other influencers in the family that might have... Something to say about this, get on the same page about what you're seeing, what's going on, do a little bit of homework to to understand the progress of how this unfolds, get on the same page, and then the next step will be it's time to maybe sit down with your your aging parent, and have a conversation about this.
0: Well, it sounds like it may be two separate type of conversations. Do you approach each of them the same way? Because the first one is going to be getting all the other family members on board. Do you approach that conversation the same way you do? Okay, mom and dad, we got to start looking for homes. Is it the same? I mean, you can
1: probably be a little more uh, matter of fact and straightforward among your siblings. Of course, it depends on the relationship. And it's interesting because I've, I've seen this so many times where people start to fall into certain stereotype roles. There's always somebody in the family that's the caretaker, Oftentimes, it's, it's uh, an adult daughter who's sort of hands-on and is, is in there and actually starting to even become a caregiver without realizing it. Then there's somebody in the family who's going to be responsible for, for the financial and legal aspects of this. There's somebody who may actually end up being like a, a hands-on driver and, and helping to do groceries and things like that. And then there's always somebody in the family, usually it's the person who lives furthest away and sees mom and dad the least that becomes sort of the contrarian of everything that's going on. You know, you, you, you're, everybody's getting on the same page, putting a plan together. And then you've got the one person who's chiming in from, from the other side of the country by phone. Well, did you think of this? and Did you think of that? And, and, you know, they're shooting in from, from the peanut gallery, but getting everybody together on the same page and hurting all those personalities, all those types that are, that, that will have to play a role in this. Let's not forget. For the most part, when you go down, this path, this journey of long-term care, whichever way it unfolds, it's usually a family journey. It's very seldom just one aging parent dealing with it by themselves. It usually involves a family. So getting them on the same page is a very practical discussion, but then it's time to have the discussion with your your parent or parents. And that needs to be done delicately. It need you don't want to just spring it on them. One night at dinner, everybody's sitting around. You say, "Mom, pass the potatoes," and I think we got to get you in a nursing home. <laughs> you know, you've got to ease into this thing, and and do it with some tact, do it with some compassion. And the thing is, is that so many people are living with these misconceptions about what long term care is. Right? They think it's this nursing home, this dungy, awful place you don't want to be, but. Senior living and senior care in this country, there's so many options. There's home care, there's assisted living communities, which I'm telling you, I've been to some that you would think you're in a Ritz-Carlton. I'd, I'd move into some of these today. They're unbelievable yeah. with activities and food and people. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. The more care you need, you're probably going to have to start looking at nursing homes, too. So you've got to kind of cut through the different types of care and present that to your loved one in a way that's positive, not negative.
0: And I do want to go into that more in depth when we come back, but we do need to take a break right now. So we will come back with Chris Arrestus. He is a healthcare expert and also president of retirementgenius.com. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs> There's desperation and anguish. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that it affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and today we're talking about how to have that discussion with your parents if it's time for them to maybe get more care than they can take care of for themselves. Joining me today is Chris Arestus. He is president of RetirementGenius.com and also a senior advocate. Chris, we t- we sort of touched on you have to be tactful About going to your parents and saying, We feel you may need extra care, but handing them the brochure to the senior care facility and saying, I've already put your deposit down, maybe isn't the best approach?
1: Well, that's right. You don't wanna move too fast and you wanna get them engaged in the process. There's opportunities to go and, and tour facilities, communities that you might move into or meet with home care uh, providers who might come to the home and oftentimes for people, they can start out at home and then it progresses from there, maybe into assisted living from there as, as people get older, more frail, less, less able to take care of themselves. And and the, the need for care gets more complicated. You might have to go into a skilled nursing environment like a nursing home. And, and if there's cognitive issues, That might require a memory care facility, which are very specifically designed to help people struggling with cognitive decline and Alzheimer's. The big challenge is how this creeps up on people. Uh, The need for care is going to come in one of two ways. It's either going to slowly sneak up on the family, and and in, in a lot of cases, they won't even realize it's happening. They won't even realize that they become caregivers themselves. We see this all the time. It just starts to slowly take over the family where people are helping out. They're going over. They're they're helping to drive. They're helping to make sure medications are being done right, or food, or that somebody's not being injured. You know, how is your loved one's ability to shower on their own? And they'll say, "Oh, great. I mean, other than my wife helps me get in the shower, and then she'll turn on the water so it's not too hot. I don't want, you know, to I don't want to be scalded." and then when i get out she'll be there with a with a towel that to, help me get out and help me dry off so yeah no i'm showering on my own just fine you know people don't see it they don't want to see it it's a topic people don't even want to talk about but once you sort of break open the veil and realize wait a minute this is actually happening we're we're become we've become caregivers or you know a spouse is becoming a full-time caregiver that's a lot of stress Uh, A lot's required to do that. And that's really when the door is open to, to move in the direction of taking action and bringing in home care or moving to assisted living or moving to skilled nursing, having the discussion, putting putting the brochures and the materials on the table, looking at some stuff online, meeting with some people you could bring in outside consultation like a geriatric care manager who could give an independent evaluation of the situation so that it isn't one spouse's one person's opinion versus another person's opinion. Bring in a third-party expert. They'll they'll evaluate and then give great recommendations on what you need to do. Also, you might need to sit down and talk to a, an elder law attorney because there could be some planning issues to, to make sure that income, assets, uh, estate planning, uh, you know, our wills in place. Uh, you, you know, you don't want to go down this path and not have yourself organized. And I call it the long term care file, you need to get the long term care file in place. And that's all the documents, insurance policies, bank statements, uh, wills, and, and everything power of attorney, perhaps to make sure that if somebody can't act on their own, someone in the family can act for them.
0: You mentioned a whole lot of different ways that we can help with the care of our parents, but I think they probably cost some money. So let's start with home care because I know, especially in the case of my parents, they are dead set against moving out of their house. They basically have to be almost dead before you could move them out. So for them probably the best thing is maybe getting a home healthcare worker. Do they all have to live full-time live-in healthcare workers, or do people just drop by once in a while? How does that work, and how much?
1: Yeah, you can start out with non-medical home care assistance, people who are coming in to help with things like meals and transportation and non-medical assistance in the home. Things can get more uh, serious and get to a need for in-home medical care. You can get skilled home care, skilled nursing home care. But let me tell you something. Long-term care in all its forms is very expensive. So on the one hand, people, and, and your parents' point of view, you know, they no one's getting me out of my house. You'll never get me out of here. You'll never get me into a care facility. That's pretty much what everybody's opinion is. I mean, nobody's sitting there like, boy, I can't wait for my turn to go into a nursing home. <laughs> you know, you know nobody's think, nobody thinks that way. Everybody thinks, number one, first, it's never going to happen to me. So unfortunately, talking about the costs, people aren't planning for this. People barely save enough just to retire. Let me tell you something. The, you, you mix in the costs of health care and long-term care, it'll wipe out somebody's retirement savings very quickly. This is very expensive stuff. You could easily be spending three, $5, ten thousand $10,000 a month on home care. Uh, the, the national average for assisted livings around four to $5,000 a month. The cost of a nursing home is about $8,000 a month. And if you don't have savings, if you don't have insurance, you're paying for that out of pocket or you're going on to Medicaid and it's important to point out Medicare does not cover long-term care. A lot of people out there think, well, when it's my time for care, uh, it's covered, you know, whatever. I I have insurance. I've paid into the system. I have Medicare. No, you're, you're not covered. So either you better have the money or you better have a long-term care insurance policy, or maybe a life insurance policy that you could do a long-term care life settlement with to turn that into funds for long-term care you could potentially look at a reverse mortgage to help you fund care in your home, but you have to be living in the home for a reverse mortgage. You can't move out to assisted living or something else. Right. If the person who takes out the reverse mortgage or their spouse both leave the home, then the reverse mortgages do. Right. If you have a life insurance policy, you could do a, a life settlement with it. It's called a long-term care life settlement and trade in that policy and get money to pay for long-term care services. If you're a veteran, you could tap into the Veterans Aid and Attendance Benefit to help pay for long-term care services. If you have a long-term care insurance policy, that potentially can cover costs of care, but you've got to determine what your policy actually covers. To Not all policies are the same and cover everything. Uh, if you have just money, you, you know some people are financially able to just start paying Or a lot of times what happens, family members start digging in and they start paying Mm -hmm. to help take care of mom or dad.
0: Also, if your parent does have some type of memory cognition issues, whether it's Alzheimer's or dementia of some sort, if they have to go into a special home that deals with cognitive issues, they're normally double the price of just a regular nursing home that's only dealing with people who have physical impairments.
1: That's right. Memory care facilities, because they're very specialized, are expensive and, for the most part, private pay. Medicare's not covering that, Medicaid's really not covering that. And for a lot of people with long-term care insurance policies, they're going to be shocked to find out that there are certain things that are, and many things that are not covered. So memory care, which could easily be $10,000 a month for the, for a lot of people, that's $10,000 a month cash.
0: Right. And they don't have it.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, how many people out there are in a position to just start stroking $10,000 checks a month for the next year or two years or three years. So what I always say is the more you can prepare the earlier as a family. You can have these conversations. You can understand what your financial resources are or what you think you might need. You're always better to. I, mean, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but assume the worst, hope for the best, as opposed to assume the best and assume the worst is not going to happen to you. So, seventy percent of people age sixty-five or older in this country will need some form of long-term care. And they're going to have to pay for it. And people, too many, get to that point. They have no clue what they're doing. They don't understand the different types of care. They don't understand what's covered, what's not. The family hasn't talked about it. No one is on the same page. And I've seen this happen way too many times. A loved one slips, falls, breaks a hip. They're in the hospital. They're treated for two or three days. And now they're going to be discharged to a nursing home for for rehabilitation care. And the discharge nurse and and the admissions people at the nursing home are asking you, okay, what do you have? What, you know, what's in place? Do you have insurance? Uh, This is what it costs. What's your plan? When we get to the point that maybe there's a discharge or maybe we have to keep your, your loved one indefinitely. And everybody starts looking around at each other going, we've never even thought about this. What do we do now?
0: We need to take one more break. When we come back, we'll wrap that up with what type of care might be best, depending on your situation, and where people can go to find the resources to get help if they need it. So we'll be right back with Chris Arrestus. He is a healthcare expert and president of RetirementGenius.com. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about how much it costs to care for your parents if they need more care in their retirement years. Joining me today is Chris Arrestus. He is a senior advocate and president of RetirementGenius.com. All right, we've given everybody a little bit of the basic rundowns of signs to look for if your aging parents need more care than they can give themselves the different options they can use, home health care, assisted living facilities, things like that. But how do I know which type of care is best for my parent?
1: Oftentimes it's an evolution of care needs. So there's non-medical care, which you could receive at home with a home care provider or in an assisted living community. Uh, those are, are two forms of care where, where you're not at a point that you need licensed, skilled nursing medical care. You know, you're, it's more support for uh, diminishing activities of daily living. It's getting harder to transport. It's getting harder for meals, more challenging to do, to do basic housekeeping. You know, but when you start to get to a point where there's a need to administer medical treatments like medications Oxygen, you know, some kind of injections. You're, you're getting to the place now where there's actual need for medical care versus just help in in living your life. Now we're talking about the need for skilled care. Now you can get skilled nursing care at home, or you would potentially you could go to an assisted living community and contract to also have skilled home care provided in an assisted living environment. Or you could go and, and end up going towards a skilled nursing home, uh, which is called a skilled nursing facility, uh, a, a nursing home. And if you have cognitive decline, then you may need to go into memory care. And those are very specific institutions that are designed with a lot of security measures and configured to be very conducive to providing a calm and nurturing environment to people who are suffering from cognitive decline, which can be very disruptive for people, and they want to keep them calm, safe, nurtured. And memory care is a very specific form of care, which is a very growing form of care in this country uh, that people would access in that environment, which is oftentimes, again, private pay.
0: And if we are thinking that our parents would do pretty well in assisted living, meaning they can still be independent within their own little home or apartment, but they would have meals provided to them three times a day, sometimes the... People can go down to a cafeteria three times a day for their meals, or you can have them brought into your room. I think we were saying earlier on in the conversation, some of those places are pretty swank. Man, I've toured a couple myself. I was helping a friend who was looking for one for his mother. And I was seriously like, I'm moving in here. They had workout classes, just regular gyms. They had aerobics and the treadmills. And they had trips planned for them at least three or four times a week. You could go hiking. They'd drive you to a library, you know, whatever it was. They had a a little coffee shop in there separate from the cafeteria. They had laundry service. I'm like, I'm moving in, man. I don't want to do my laundry. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. Heather, I've been to some where they have bars and happy hours. I mean, <laughs> barbecues and and quite frankly, and this is the irony, right? What you said about your parents, you know, they're never going to get me out of my home. You have people who are so determined to stay in their home that they end up shortchanging what another stage of their life could be. They live in isolation. And if they were in a community like that, they could end up having such a fun time quality food quality experience quality relationships but it is not cheap and the government's not paying for that you, Medicaid, Medicare doesn't and health insurance none of those things cover assisted living communities yeah. so you've got to have the resources to have most of the care now for most people what ends up happening is they get rid of their assets they spend down, to the poverty level so that they can get on to Medicaid, move into a nursing home because they can't afford to cover the costs out of pocket. And unfortunately, that's sort of like most of middle class America. They don't have enough money to just write checks for whatever they want, but they're not poor enough that they're on Medicaid. So they're, they're in this middle spot where they have to spend down, get rid of their assets so that they can qualify for Medicaid then congratulations. Now you're on Medicaid. Well, guess what? You're going into a nursing home. You're going to share a room with one or two other people and you you're not getting happy hours and trips to museums. You're, you're in a nursing home and there's you know perfectly appropriate facilities and they're going to provide good care, but you're not living like you're in a Ritz Carlton that costs money. So the sooner people start to prepare for that, the more they do to save have insurance in place, understand the variety of financial options like we were talking about, reverse mortgages, long-term care life settlements, VA aid and attendance benefits, the better chance they are to stay in control of the decision of where they're going to go, what kind of care they're going to get in home, assisted living, whatever the case may be. The sooner you start, the better. It's never too late to start planning, but the sooner you start, the better.
0: Okay, Chris, where can people go if I decide, okay, brothers and sisters, we got to get together and talk, and we all go, hm, well, yeah, we know mom and dad need to do stuff, but w- what are, what's the first step that we have to do? Because you talked about paperwork and wills and possibly power of attorney and all. Where can people go to get that information?
1: Well, obviously, you know, organizations like mine, Retirement Genius and retirementgenius.com, we provide all kinds of information and then access to those resources. But you can go to the website from the government-run Medicare Medicaid website, CMS. They have a lot of information there when it comes to what does it take to qualify to go on to Medicaid. In every state, there are state-level entities that will help seniors and families navigate these questions. There's a long-term care ombudsman in every state. There's You senior planning resources in every state that you can look up. You could go to an elder law attorney, sit down and get a good consultation and, and assistance there, but that'll cost you some money. You could reach out to geriatric care managers. They're people who specialize in evaluating somebody's need for care and then helping connect them to the right care providers and helping them navigate what they need to do to pay for care. So, so, one of the great advantages that families and, and people have now is is the Internet. You can Google and find some really good information. You can narrow it down to your local area, and you can also look to national organizations like ours where we provide information and help direct people towards these resources so that they can figure out what they need to do to plan financially, to understand the different types of care, how to access and get to those types of care in their local areas. And, and then, again, it's so important that the family's talking together, that they're getting on the same page, that they're not making this feel like they're just going to pack mom up and shove her in a nursing home and forget about her. This is can be a positive next step in their life. Also, you know, it's a safety issue, but it's a quality of life issue. And if you do it right, this can be done in a very positive way. But if everybody's not on the same page and unorganized and no one knows what they have to work with, it can turn into a real nightmare real fast. And unfortunately, that happens to a lot of families.
0: Thank you so much, Chris arrestus Again, you are president of retirementgenius.com, and that's where people can also go if they need more information or to get started on this path. And the sooner you get started, even if you're 30 years old and your parents are barely 60, that might be a good time to start just thinking ahead and planning, knowing what you need to do when the time comes.
1: Absolutely.
0: Twitter and Instagram.
1: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains.